Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, April 7th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we get you ready for the Orioles season. We know today is opening day for most teams in the league, but the Orioles don't open till tomorrow. But today, predictions. We hand out awards and preview the 2022 season for the Orioles as Matthew Ritchie, joins us here on the pod. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So today we preview the Orioles 2022 season. We're handing out some awards. We're making some predictions. And joining us on today's episode, he's been on this podcast once before, and that is Matthew Ritchie, who's joining us here. We bring him into the pod. Last time he was here, we were celebrating John Means' no-hitter. About a year later, he joins us again. And uh, Richie, how are you? Um, I'm feeling good. Thank you for having me back on again. I love chatting with you. You have – I just realized you, your podcast voice has gotten way better since the last time we're on. You've definitely, you've definitely perfected your, cra- your craft since we've been – since we chatted. So I'm really excited to get going. Yeah, it's uh, well, listen, it's been a lot of episodes. Uh, this is your episodes. team every day. And uh, <laughs> so it's a, it's a lot of practice. But, uh, you know, you, uh, you wrote a piece for Baseball Prospectus, kind of taking a look at the Orioles 2022 season and telling people that it's not all doom and gloom, as we know. So we're going to try to highlight some of that today. We've got kind of six awards slash predictions to give out. So let's just jump right into it because. Last year, I think the easiest award to give out from the Orioles media was Most Valuable Oriole. They gave it to Cedric Mullins because he was absolutely outstanding. So we're going to make our prediction first on Most Valuable Oriole. And I give it to you first. Do you think Mullins repeats or can somebody else take that award in 2022? I honestly believe Cedric Mullins repeats as Most Valuable Oriole because when you look at Cedric's season, he had a couple very hot months in June right before the All-Star break. And then his August was very, very good. But then he begins to slow down in September when the length of the full season sort of catches up to him. You know, he'd been been up and down from 2019. And then his only full season with the Orioles was 2020, which is, you know, the fake Twilight Zone 60-game season. And so, you know, you get that fatigue where you're not used to the full 162, you're not used to the full travel. But I think with the second year underneath his um, underneath his belt, you get you get the adjustment to the full slate of games. So I think I don't see any reason why Cedric should drop off. You know, he might be the most pure hitter on the team. You know, he has the sweetest swing. He has the highest likelihood of just producing line drives out of anybody. And I think it's hard to argue against a a one it's hard to argue for it being an only one hit wonder stretch if that makes any sense yeah i mean for me it's you know if he even comes close to reproducing what he did last season i mean he's going to be a shoe in for the best player on this orioles team i mean he was far and away the best player on the team whether you want to look at traditional stats whether you want to look at war whatever it may be whether you just want to watch him run around in center field like he was the best player on this team last year and for me you know I was I struggled with this pick. I wanted to go Mullins, but I think at the end of the day, my thought is that, you know, I think Cedric Mullins down the line is going to be a really good major league center fielder every year for a long time for the Orioles. 
But I do think maybe last season wasn't his peak, but I think where he'll kind of settle in for his career, it may not be that six-war season that he had last year. And so my only thought was, if he's like a four-win player and he hits, you know, 290 and the home runs, you know, they'll probably go down a little bit. Maybe he's a 20-homer guy, but he still steals 30 bases. I think if somebody else has a bigger jump from 21 to 22, maybe they win this award. And mm -hmm. I'm going to predict John Means for this award because I think even as good as he was last year, a 3.62 ERA in his 26 starts, and, you know, he didn't walk anybody and the strikeout numbers were solid. He only threw 146 innings, and that was because he missed a couple months in the middle of the season with that shoulder issue. And for the third straight year, John Means missed some time in the second half with an injury. So John Means has said his goal this year is to throw 200 innings. And if he throws 200 innings at even a pace he set last year, 3.62 ERA, there could honestly be nothing more valuable to the way this Orioles team is currently constructed than John Means throwing 200 innings and pitching that well. So for me, it's almost not even a shot at Cedric. But if Means does what he thinks he can do, I mean, if you look at the starters behind him, as you know, like there could be nothing more valuable than that. We we are we are begging for an ace, and you know we we said it last year after the no hitter. You know that was the arrival of an ace, but then you know an ace has to has to be the horse for two hundred plus innings, like you said. And so if he doesn't, if he reaches that that benchmark, then it's really hard to argue against him. You know, being the most important person on that side of the ball. Yeah, and and you know we'll see. You know. Jordan Lyles isn't a great pitcher, but he's a guy who has a track record of throwing close to 200 innings. At the very least, if the two of them can eat close to 200, makes a lot of people's lives a little bit easier uh, with how this pitching staff looks. But let's move on to our Oriole Rookie of the Year. And I've put a caveat on this one because if all goes well, Adley Rutschman will win this fake award of Orioles Rookie of the Year. He's the number one prospect in baseball. Once he recovers from this tricep injury in a couple of weeks, he should be in the big leagues. And so the caveat I put on it is rookie of the year, not named Adley. And obviously there's, you know, two kind of headlining choices, but there's a bunch of different ways you could go here. So who you got the non Adley rookie of the year. I kind of struggled between this because it's all about who's coming up when for me. And Tyler Nevin excites me as a concept, just, He's very much in the Ryan Mount, Ryan Mount Castlevania where you have a ridiculous penchant for power. But can does he break into a consistent outfield that, you know, is filled and, you know, has a lot more speed than he does? Or if can he move into first base? And so can he get enough innings when he comes up to be a rookie of the year? But I think the easiest pick has to be Grayson Rodriguez just because – He's so projectable, and he he looks like a guy. He like when you're throwing when you're throwing 98 plus, and you have a ridiculous off speed selection that is able to make actual MLB hitters look silly and overpowered. It's hard to be able to say that if this guy comes up and throws 100 plus innings, that he's not going to be able to perform at a level where you think that we might have a future piece, you know, for years to come. Yeah, it is for Grayson. It's all about when he comes up too, because if he's up in May, then I mean, and he gets to be in the rotation for 75% of the year, easy. Like that, that'll be easy for him. He's going to be the number two starter. 
I mean, it could take him two weeks. He could be the number two starter on this team. I mean, that's it's I'll, it's a short it's a very short list of starters, and he would very, yeah. he would he would leapfrog everyone in an instant. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't be hard for him. And like, if he pitches as well as he could, like he could leapfrog John Means by the end of this year. I mean, I love Means, but in terms of ceiling, Means is nowhere close to to what Grayrod is. But for me, you know, I'm going to go with actually the other pitcher who I think we're going to see this year, and I'm going to take DL Hall. And I think that's because of something Mike Elias said earlier this offseason. And Mike Elias has been pretty clear throughout his time with the Orioles that like he wants the prospects to each go through every level of the minors, master that level of the minors, and maybe he'll manipulate a little service time before they get to the big leagues. But the fact that he just kind of unprompted went out of his way to say D.L. Hall is going to be in the bigs this year and sooner than you think was really not something he said about any other prospect. And especially because he's coming off an injury where, you know, he didn't pitch for most of last year. He made seven starts in double A and then went out with the injury. Didn't start throwing until the winter. You know, that would almost make me think he'd probably lean the other way and be more cautious. But the fact that he said that and with how good Hall looked in that that one big league camp inning against the Phillies when he struck out two batters, was throwing 100 with a devastating slider. I mean, I think the Orioles' long-term plan, and it should be, to make D.L. Hall a I mean, top of the line, like a Blake Snell style starter where, yeah, he's not going to go more than five or six, but it's going to be some of the best five or six innings you see, like when Snell won the Cy Young Award a couple years ago. But for D.L. Hall, I think there could be a perfect mold where he starts the year in Bowie, makes a couple starts, comes right to AAA, rolls through AAA hitters because that stuff is just still too good to not be in the big leagues this year. And then when he gets to the bigs, I think it kind of becomes he goes to the pen for a little bit. And he can throw some innings here and there, one inning, two inning. And then by August, he's in the rotation and he's firing away. And all of a sudden he has enough appearances by the end of the year where it's like, yeah, he's a, he's a future piece. And uh, he was the guy this year. And I think that's important because we're, we're getting to an important point where we're like, we have two separate pitching options for what our rookie of the year could be. And I don't know if you could say that for maybe the past 10 to 15 years of Oriole baseball. And it's a weird level of optimism where, you know, everyone's talking about how great our farm system is, but that's not, it's, this is a new concept. And to think that there's two separate options between Grayrod and DL that, you know, we could have legit guys at the top of the lineup behind or in front of a, of a pitcher who's already a guy. It's, it feels, it feels a tad bit exciting. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say we're hopeful. I'm not going to say that we're, it's good. It's it's yeah. positive. <laughs> We're excited. And, you know, yeah. we, we have this caveat because we feel, again, if Rutschman is up for as long as he should be, he will be the best rookie. And if you look over at betonline.net, they've got Adley Rutschman actually only the fourth best odds to win AL Rookie of the Year this year. So uh, they've got Shane Boz ahead of him. They've got uh, Julio Rodriguez ahead of him. And they've got Bobby Witt ahead Bobby. of him. So maybe... A little bit of value over there for Adley Rutschman. And you can get all your betting needs and all your lines for the future season over at betonline.net. The Orioles, well, they've got them over under 62 and a half wins. We'll address that later in this episode, but you can get all your betting needs. And it's not just the lines over there. They've also got your scores. They've got podcasts. They've got sports news, everything you need. And not just baseball as well, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs coming up as well, and the Masters this weekend. So you can get it all at betonline.net where the game starts. So we've got Matthew Ritchie here with us previewing the 2022 season for the Orioles, giving out some preseason awards. And we're going to move from some starting pitchers we just talked about to the bullpen. Because 
Every year since the rebuild has started, the Orioles have at the very least kind of found a good reliever every year. I think last year it was certainly Cole Sulcer. I think they kind of thought it was Tanner Scott in 2020. That kind of backfired a little bit last year. Now, of course, both of those guys are gone. But in 2022, as we know from the roster we saw today, the kind of you know temporary opening day roster, it's going to be a lot of new relievers getting chances. So if you had to pick out of that group who kind of emerges as the relief ace by the end of the year, who would that be? For me, this was honestly the second easiest one to answer. And I think it's very clearly Dylan Tate. Dylan Tate feels like the guy who was waiting in the wings behind Solcer, who was sitting with Tanner Scott, Paul Fry as people who we could put in when we needed at like a mid to high leverage situation, but never could give the reins in the night. And I think that Dylan Tate might have the best stuff out of anyone left on this current major league staff. His, his ability to both throw like a high 90s fastball and then a wipeout slider that is almost impossible to hit if he's throwing strikes is it's imperative for the back half of the bullpen. And I think that with Scott and Solcer gone, we're looking for someone to step up. And, you know, Paul Fry is fantastic against lefties and he's fantastic when you need him to be, but you need, you need like an electric guy in the back of the pen. And I think Dylan Tate, you know, we've seen, we've seen that he has the stuff to do it. And I think given the amount of innings that he's going to be able to eat up or he's going to have to eat up, it's going to be him this season. Yeah, I'm on board. Dylan Tate's my guy as well. I mean, we had a couple of guys, Anthony Brady and Bill Heasel on from Driveline a couple of weeks ago who worked with Dylan Tate the last couple of off seasons, specifically talking about what Tate has been working on. And they talked about how, you know, he's got a funky delivery. Like there's a lot of moving parts when he pitches and they've tried to not refine it, but just tell him what's going to work best. They haven't tried to cookie cutter him. They basically said, this delivery works for you. Here's how to hone it in and, you know, throw 97 instead of 93 and get more movement on your fastball and throw a, you know, he's going to have a completely different breaking ball this year that they worked on this offseason, oh. completely different shape. And, you know, that changeup is still going to move like crazy, that fastball like crazy. He got three saves last year. And yeah, he had a 4.39 ERA. He threw about 60 innings. But there were really good stretches. There were kind of rough stretches. And his walk rate was the highest of his career last year. They felt like they really gotten that down this offseason at driveline. And so I think it's going to be a big year. I'm just going to throw in the name Felix Bautista because I really like him. Love it. Yes, Love it. But he's, he's the dark horse. <laughs> yeah. But I think Dylan Tate is is definitely the answer here. But Bautista could be somewhat of a of a breakout player this year. And that's what I want to get to next. Our breakout player of 2022. I think clearly not only was Cedric Mullins the breakout player last year, he was obviously also the most valuable Oriole. It, it's hard to have guys win both those awards because to go from what Mullins was to, you know, the two years before to what he was last year, that doesn't happen a lot. That's how good he was last season. Right. So it could be a small breakout. It could be a big breakout, but who breaks out for you in 2022? This was the easiest one for me. Um, Jorge Mateo is going to be the Orioles breakout player this season because we saw Jorge, Jorge Mateo when he came over, we grabbed him from the Padres. Um, and he has an extra base potential just based off of his speed alone. He can turn one into two and then two into home very, very quickly. I think 
I can't remember what what the stat was. I think he might have the third fat. He might be statistically the third fastest player in the league, and that type of energy is it's impossible to replicate. And you know, we saw in the spring that his swing looks good. It looks very very good. He's putting the ball everywhere. He's hitting it to all fields, and he is driving it out of the ballpark. And I think Jorge Mateo has the chance to put together at least. I'm going to call my shot here, at least the 2020 season. Because, you know, of his 30 hits last season in the short amount of games he was there for us, 10 of them were extra base hits. And, you know, yes, it's a small sample size, but he, he has the ability to, you know, drive the ball into the gaps and then scoot around the base pass better than anybody else in the league. And so, so I'm, excited. I'm excited for the lack of a log jam in the middle infield because, you know, hopefully it's going to be Jorge and Ramon Arias next to each other for the season. But if Jorge plays the full season, we might get, we might get another special type of uh, type of year. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's a chance where Ruben Odor just kind of slips off this roster sometime early in the year. And, and listen, like for Jorge Mateo too, like even if it's not extra base hits and again, he was a 280 hitter, Last year with the Orioles in those 32 games, it wasn't a lot of extra base hits. He did have two homers. But that speed, if he can just get on first, he becomes a difference maker. And that's the other thing. I would love to see a 2020 season. But even if it's like a 10-25 season, he's almost just as dangerous because he gets on first. He's on second most of the time. Like more often. He's a better base. He's faster than Cedric Mullins. I don't know if he's a better base stealer, but he's faster than Cedric Mullins and he's got good skills. So when I looked at this question... You know, I, my first thought was Mateo, but I knew you'd be pushing the Mateo agenda all this season. So I Love just wanted it. to, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to throw another name in there, and I just wanted to throw in Bruce Zimmerman because I think you know Mike Elias challenged all of these kind of mid-tier Orioles pitching prospects to step up this week, and Zimmerman clearly has the edge over these guys because he pitched the best out of all of them last year, and he will be starting the home opener on Monday. He's the only one of those guys that's been named to the starting rotation so far. And, you know, I get it, a 504 ERA last year and 13 starts. That's not great. But he was injured most of the year. And when he came back from that injury, he made two starts at the end of the year. They really hiked up his ERA, and he clearly was not 100% when he came back. And I just kind of want to throw those out. His ERA was more like a 4-2, 4-3 if you get rid of those last two starts. So for Zimmerman, you know, I like his stuff. The hometown kid, he's starting on, on the home opener. Now, I don't think he's going to have a John Means-type breakout season. But I think by the end of the year, we could be feeling good enough that at least Zimmerman out of this group is a piece for the future rotation. And I'll definitely take that as a breakout. But for Bruce Zimmerman, you know, it could be a good year. We will see. But uh, it's going to be really cool to see a lot of people from the area, from where he grew up, get to the ballpark on Monday to see him pitch in the Orioles home opener. And if you need to get to the ballpark, you know, maybe you're not in walking distance from the stadium, got to take your car there. But if something's ever wrong with your vehicle, head over to rockauto.com because they have all the parts you need for low prices as well. And the best part about rockauto.com is that it's not like a dealership. And if you're like me and you don't know anything about cars, they don't make you feel bad about it. They help you out, find what you need for a good price. You can get your car back up 
and running again. It's a family-owned business. They've been serving customers for over 20 years, and it's the best place and the cheapest place to find the perfect part for your car. So head to rockauto.com. Let them know that Locked On Orioles sent you so uh, they can help us out as well. But again, that is rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. So we're here with Matthew Ritchie, who uh, has been on this podcast before, a supporter of the Baltimore Orioles and is writing about them a bit over baseball prospectus as well. And we're doing our predictions and awards for 2022. And we want to finish off with two more here. And the first one I want to talk about is a bold prediction. This is the wide open one here. This could be anything. So Richie, bold prediction for the Orioles could be about the team, about a certain player, anything for this season. My bold prediction is that Austin Hayes hits 30 home runs this season. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if that's necessarily bold, but I do think that Austin Hayes was plagued by injury last season. He missed about, he missed like 30, 30, 33 games or so with, you know, hamstring issues on both legs. But Austin slugged plus 400, which is an absurd number for someone, you know, of his, he's, he's a thin, wiry guy. You think, you look at Austin Hayes and you think, oh, he's probably going to steal 30 bases, but, you know, he's not putting the ball at the park. But Austin Hayes has legit pop. And I think... I think even with the extended the extended fence, which first of all I love, love 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 the raised fence, love love it pushing it back, love every part about it. Thirty home runs is on the way for Austin Hayes if he can stay healthy and put in a full shift in left field because I think he has he's in the same echelon as power as Cedric. You know he's not he's not Ryan Mountcastle who clearly who clearly has the most Ryan Mountcastle and um, Anthony Santander, who are the most powerful players on the team, but I think Austin has the chance to, you know, reach that eclipse that thirty home runs for sure. Yeah, uh, listen, I'll just take him being healthy and playing one hundred fifty plus games. But I think we are on the same wavelength in terms of thirty homers. But I'm going to extend it a little bit. My bold prediction is that Adley Rutschman hits thirty homers, hits over three hundred on base, over four hundred catches well, and wins the AL Rookie of the Year. And maybe it's not the boldest prediction of all time because if he's as good as we think he can be, he should be in that running for AL Rookie of the Year. But, you know, all rookies go through, you know, a little bit of a just a dip in their play or they have some struggles when you get to the big leagues. I think Adley Rutschman could have a Wander Franco-type emergence where it takes him about a week to get settled and then he is off and running when we see him probably in mid to late April. And I think, you know... We'll talk about how many wins the Orioles get this year. But at the end of the day, I think he is going to show us very quickly how good he is going to be in an Orioles uniform. And I think at the very least, it's going to bring more excitement for the fans this year. Certainly. I think I'm, I'm right there with you. If he gets, you know, we're bullish. We're, we love Adley. If he gets here by May, I think he could put on a very, very special season to the point where, it erases the idea, like the haunting of like Matt Weeders never being fully the guy, and that we that we have a switch hitting catching prospect who is generational. Because we 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 I think teams are always looking for a generational player, and it kind of felt like this spring training where, you know this you know um you know the Squidward meme where Squidward is looking out of the window and he's locked in. 
Yes. Uh, Nathan Ruiz tweeted, uh, the beat writer for the Baltimore Sun, he tweeted, it's the Orioles are Squidward, and we're watching Bobby, Julio, all, all have their fun, and all, all, be, the, all be the stars they, that we think they might be. And, you know, we're just waiting on Adley to get healthy. But I think once he gets healthy, we're, he's going to join them in terms of excitement and, you know, oh, we're – yeah. I might. I, I would have changed my answer if I knew that was what you were going for. If you were going first, I mean, you know what? But we're we're on the same. Listen, if Hayes hits thirty and Adley hits thirty and Mountcastle hits thirty and Cedric hits thirty again, it'll at least be fun. So the question becomes: We'll get to our final prediction here. If that all happens, they might win more than we think. But at the end of the day, we kind of we have the preliminary opening day roster. I think they'll make at least one waiver claim here on Thursday, but. Probably we have the 28 guys right now. We know the prospects like Adley, Grayson, D.L. Hall, and others will be in the bigs at some point. Your record prediction for the 2022 Baltimore Orioles. This is tough because if we're basing off last season, you know, you and I, we felt way more optimistic about the team than we had in 2020 or 2020, 2019, 2018. It feels like we're trending in the correct direction just in terms of players developing on the MLB squad. There might, we might not have added a bunch of guys. We actually added, you know, spent like the second, the third least, third least amount of money in the MLB. And so there's not a lot of material changes. We shipped out some bullpen guys, but I think if all, everything is equal and we get the young guys coming up, if we get Adley, if we get Grayson, we get DL Hall, Tyler Nevin puts in a, puts in a fun little shift. If, Yusniel Diaz comes up and, you know, is a player. If we get consistency consistency in the middle, I want to say we sneak we sneak out of the 100 losses in the column. I want to I want to be optimistic. I want to say that we put up 64 wins uh, this season. I know it I know it feels weird, but I think I think what is that, 64 and 98. I haven't seen that record in a while, but that is, that is, um, I think that's the number that we're getting to this year. We're on the same page. I am predicting that at the very least, there's enough young talent that comes up at the end of the year that the Orioles can avoid 100 losses. And I have gone down to the brink. I am predicting this team comes in 62 and 99 to the final day of the season and pulls it out to finish 63 and 99 on the year, just narrowly avoiding. 100 losses and at least starts the a little bit just the, the little up creep of like all right we avoided 100 now on to the next one but matthew richie thank you so much for joining us uh for this predictions episode listen it's gonna be rough to watch at times we know that still in the rebuild but friday baseball starts at the trop orioles and rays john means on the hill cedric mullins hitting lead off the end of the day it's still exciting to have the o's back always is thanks again connor yeah, and so that was Matthew Ritchie for our predictions episode here on the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow previewing opening day on the pod and breaking down the official opening day roster for the Orioles and talking, you know, if they made any more transactions between now and then uh, to add to that 28-man roster. But that's coming up on Friday's episode. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb. This has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. <laughs>